Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. These things. Amen. Amen. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 9. Also, Genesis 3 and 8. I want to read these two scriptures. And uh, we're going to see what God wants to do today. I want to preach to you on this, on this subject, the spirit of healing. The spirit of healing. The spirit of the Lord brings forth healing. Amen. The book of Genesis, let's start with Genesis since it's the first book of the Bible. Genesis 3 and 8, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Now actually, do you really think you can hide from God? I just want to ask that question. I, I, there's no tree. If the tree is a whole lot bigger than me, I don't think I can hide from God and from his presence because he will search me out and have a talk with me. And it will be a good talk. I know that. And then Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 9 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9. And it reads, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. Then thou wilt hear and help in thy presence. So I want to preach to you about the spirit of healing. God bless you, you may be seated. Amen. In reading that second verse of scripture in second chronicles it is very similar to the day we're living in it is a scripture that talks about uh, evil cometh upon us talks about the sword talks about judgment talks about pestilence it talks about famine and uh, but then it goes further, I know that the, the afflictions that are upon our world and maybe even upon us at times, it seems like crazy things happen at times. Um, there's been a lot of unusual things happen within uh, even our lives here at the church and even within, I mean, my wife's life, um, you know, just little unusual things. And I know you can relate to this. Um, kind of like 
You know, I've never had issues with my knees or my ankles. But here the last couple of years, uh, I've injured my ankle going down uh, some steps or twisted or something. And I am not used to not healing quickly. Uh, I've always healed quickly, but something about this, I thought maybe I broke it. Oh, oh I know what it was. I, was. I was in Louisiana, and I put my foot down, and it caught on the running board of a vehicle, and I pushed it forward, and I, and I, and I kept walking, and when I got back home, I couldn't hardly walk. I was walking with a crutch. So unusual things were happening, and then um, it took about three or four months. They did x-rays, nothing, no break. So they said it pulled a tendon. So uh, I got past that. And then uh, in my hurrying at work, I've got a big workload of things I have to do and things I have to get done. So I was going down some stairs, and, and I was trying to get this job done quick as possible because I had a whole bunch of other calls I had to run. And, you know, i got to get home. 4.30 hits, i got to get home. I don't want to be lagging behind. We call it uh, being whistle-bit. I don't want to get whistle-bit. You know, the old factory when they blew the whistle and you were still working? Uh, you don't want to get whistle-bit. You want to be able to get out of there. So I was running down some steps, some very steep steps, and again, my right ankle, I caught it on a step and pushed it forward, and oh no, I felt something popping it, and I thought, <laughs> okay, here we go again. It's not the left one, now it's the right one. So I thought it was going to take a while, and it was same pain, and I was struggling to walk, and then, but it didn't last as long, but it was, an, it was a very irritating thing. And then uh, around Christmas time, those things happened 2019. You thought 2020 was a rough year, um, and it has been, and I'll be glad when we get past 2020. But this was in 2019, and then uh, at Christmas time, before the end of the year, um, I was trying to get something out from under the couch, look under the couch, so I kneeled down on the hardwood floor, and I felt something pop in my knee. My ankles were okay, but then my knee popped. So here I am, I felt some pain, and, I, and then about a few hours later, I couldn't hardly walk on my knee, and then again, I mean, I went through this long process and struggle of trying to get through this. And just a little irritating things. You've been there, you've faced this, but I'm used to healing quickly, not healing slowly. And it was a very difficult thing to go through and hobbling around and going to work. And the boss would always stand there and watch me walk in and walk over to get my stuff and then walk out the door. And he was observing me every day. We're, we're the same age, but... Uh, then he started understanding some of the things because he started feeling some similar things too. So we're able to have these common communications together of how we feel and our aches and our pains and this and that. So we, you know, every, I got past that. I still a little, little bit of twinge of pain, but it's a lot better. And my wife, her knee starts messing up and starts hurting, and she has a struggle with that. And then, and then. Um, um, a few other things, you know, just kind of come upon us just randomly. I'm just thankful it's not worse. We're just thankful that it's not worse than that. But then I go to bed last night, and everything was fine. And I wake up this morning, and my ankle on my left foot starts hurting. Sore. I don't know what I did with it. I don't know if I got up in the middle of the night and was 
sleepwalking in the middle of the house and tripped over something? I don't think that's the case. Maybe I was walking in bed, laying in bed and twisted it or something, and now I feel a whole lot of pain there, and, but, I'm, but I'm rejoicing that it's not worse than that. But we've had a lot of irritants. Have you... Can, can you testify to that fact? We've had a lot of irritants, and, and we need healing in the body. We've got people in our church that are not able to be here today, but they need healing in their bodies, and we're believing for miracles, and, and God is doing a work. We keep hearing testimonies of things that God is doing. We need healing. We need healing in body, but we also need to go further than that, and not just healing in body, but we need healing in spirit. We need healing in our mind, we need healing in our soul, we need healing in our heart, in our lives, we need healing all the way around in our soul, the depths of our soul. So many people in this world today during this very tough confusion that is going on and the struggle that is going on in our country and in our communities and in our world, it's worldwide, it's like a spirit that has taken and, and is attacking, but I do know and I know that you know that God is in control. His word will come to pass. It will happen. God will have his will in the final hour, and I also think of people in our world that are leaders that that feel like that they are untouchable and they have all power uh, they have all power to speak a word and people do the things that they say and and that they have all power but they need to stop and think about that there is one that is above them far far above them that is the king of kings and he is he is the lord of lords and he is as the bible says the Almighty. Let, go ahead, give him praise. Amen. He is the Almighty. The one that is all in full control. But if anything in our world today, what it needs is it needs healing. I, I uh, was teaching Wednesday night about uh, we need unity and the unity, not that the enemy wants to separate us from one another, but he also wants to separate us from God and divide us from God. But you see, the, what the world needs is healing, but not only the world needs healing, the church needs healing. We need to continue to walk in healing. We need to continue to walk in the miraculous power of his spirit. Amen. Many people find themselves hiding from their healing, hiding from the presence of God. And one of the most difficult things that holds people back from a lot of blessings and a lot of victory and the hope of eternal life with him in the future when this life is over with is they find themselves walking in sin, but yet they find themselves hiding from God. Now, I'm glad for the fact that people have a conscience. I'm very thankful that they have a conscience to realize that if I've done wrong, that I'm going to, you know, I feel remorse. I feel shame. It's a terrible thing if we do wrong and we don't feel bad about it and we don't feel remorse about it because then there's something wrong with our conscience. Our conscience could be seared. But if that's the case, we need to go back to an altar. We need to go back to the Word of God. We find in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8 uh, that Adam and Eve had sinned. They had, 
disobeyed God and his commandments and ate of the tree and then Adam blamed his wife for it when he had a choice of his own. But then it says in verse three, uh, verse eight of chapter three, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day just like he did every day, just like he did, he was coming for fellowship with his people that he loved to be with each and every day. But what happened there was Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God uh, amongst the midst or amongst the trees of the garden. They thought that they could hide from God, but they can't hide from God just like we can't hide from God. You see, one thing about people's lives in their remorse. It's good to have remorse. It's good to have a, a, a shame when we've done something wrong. It's good to have a conscience that tells us when we've done something wrong. But it's important for us to get it right when we feel that, that burden upon us, that conscience telling us that we've failed God, we've messed up. And it's important not just to feel that. It's a good thing to feel it, but if we don't don't do something about it, that conscience is going to become seared where we don't even care about it anymore. And that is the thing that keeps people from receiving the greatest blessing of all times. And let me go a little further. The greatest miracle of all times is not blinded eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, the lame getting up and walking. The greatest miracle of all is someone that comes to a place of an altar and repents of their sins and is baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above every name, and is filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's the greatest miracle. That is the greatest miracle. And, and, and then also to the church to continue to walk in the ways that God has called us to to be ready for the coming of the Lord. You see, when you fail, you don't need to avoid God's presence. I, I see people sometimes avoid God's presence. Matter of fact, they, at times when they've done something wrong, they avoid the pastor too. They avoid the pastor's wife. They avoid the church uh, because they feel like that they can hide from God. You can't hide from God. And, and, and I know pastor and pastor's wife are representative of, of the Lord, but they tend to hide from, from the presence of God, hide from the preacher, hide from the pastor. Sometimes people, when they fail, uh, they, they avoid church. Uh, even Jehoshaphat in uh, the book of Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 9, he understood the importance of God's presence in the church or in the temple at this time. He was the one that spoke the words, if when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment or pestilence or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, in thy presence... For thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. You see, it's important for us to not avoid God when we've done wrong. It's important for us to not avoid 
to not avoid an altar where we can find his spirit for true healing and true mercy. It's important for us to not uh, uh, avoid the Lord. It's, it's healthy for us to have remorse and shame for sin and conviction in these areas. But it's very important for us to not stay away from God. Go back to an altar. Go back to a place of repentance. Run, run to his presence for deliverance because that is where you find your true healing. And what God is wanting to do today is heal our land. But it starts with the church. It starts with the church. Moses knew the importance of God's presence with him. We find in the book of Exodus chapter 33, verse 12 through 15, and it says, and Moses said unto the Lord, he had a conversation with God, see thou sayest unto me, bring up this people, he's talking about Israel, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me, yet thou hast said, I know thee, by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. The Lord had said that. But Moses, in his conversation with God, was saying, God, you told me to take these people up. Who is going to go with me? I can't do this on my own. And every time I stand behind this pulpit, I pray to the Lord, Lord, speak through me. I need your words to speak through me to your people because I can't do this alone. I can't do this on my own. It's going to fall short. It's going to fall short of what you want, God, unless you go with me. But that's what Moses was saying. He said, you said, bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name. He knew Moses' name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. That's what you've said, Lord. Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. Israel, he was talking about. And he said, he goes on, he said, my presence shall go with thee and I will give thee rest. And then verse 15 says, and he said unto him, Moses said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. You see, Moses understood the importance of of being in the presence of the Lord. What our world needs to understand is the importance of being in the presence of God. What we need is healing in our country. What we need is healing within our own individual lives. We need to be unified together to overcome the powers of darkness that are trying to divide us. But what we need in this hour is not another law. We've got plenty of laws on the books that can handle a lot of things. A lot of the laws are there and they don't even abide by them. They just, if I don't like it, set it aside. So there's a lot of laws on the books that we have that we, we don't need another law. We don't need another decree. We don't need, a, all we need is the presence of God and the power of his word. Can I hear an amen? We need God in this day more than ever. And as we uh, go through this hour and journey through this hour, we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know what next month holds. We don't know what next year holds. We don't even know what next 
the next minute holds here today as we worship and we pray and we hear the preaching in the house of God. But what I say to God and what we as a church body need to say to God, God, you've asked us to go through this journey. You've asked us to go through this, this direction and on this purpose for the kingdom of God. But God, if you don't go with us, we can't do anything. God, I don't want to go unless I go with you. I don't want to go unless you hold to my hand and you lead me there, God. I need the presence of the Lord and the reason is is because in the presence of God that's where we find healing. I don't go to God. I, I, you know, I don't go to the, to, the, to the healings, to the way of healing and, and seek out healing. If we just simply go to the source of our healing, we're going to find what we're looking for. If we just get into the presence of the Lord, if we just get where God is, we're going to find the healer, the one that spoke the worlds into existence. We're going to find the one that has all power in heaven and earth. And as the Bible says, he is the almighty. That's who we're going to find when we find him. And then when we come to the house of God, we're seeking him. If we let that be our motivation, our desire, every time we walk into the house of God, every time we grab a hold of that door and open it up and hear the creaking of the hinge as it opens up and we walk into the sanctuary and we step through and we, we step into a place that God has has been here in this house. It is a place that has been dedicated for the, for the glory of God. Amen. When I walk into the house of God, I'm seeking the presence of the Lord. I've got my feelers out. I've got my radar on. I'm zoning in. I'm trying to find out where you're at, God. And you know how you find him? When you got your feelers out. You find him when you pray. You find him when you worship. You find him when you repent. You find him when you read the word of God. You find him when you commit yourself to the Lord. And what you find when you find God is you find healing. Healing. Oh, it starts with the house of God. This must be our thoughts that we need healing within the body of Christ and within our world that we need the presence of God in this hour more than ever before. Hmm. It's not another law, not, a, not another decree. It's the presence of God that's going to bring forth victory. Your presence, God, is my reassurance, as Moses was saying. It's my reassurance and healing of my soul. Your presence, God, is the healing of my mind. It's the healing of my thoughts. It's the healing of my heart. Many things could be messed up inside of your heart, your mind, and your soul if you're not holding to the hand and walking beside God every step of the way and saying, God, I need your presence in my life. I don't want to walk into the house of God and not feel the touch of God. But there have been times that every one of us We've walked at times into the house of God and we've been walking in a wilderness. That does not mean that God is not here. When God is said he would be here in the midst of the praises of his people, he will be here in the midst of the praises of his people because he's not a liar. He is, the, he is faithful. He is a faithful God. Every promise in the book, it is ours. Amen. Many things can be messed up inside. 
Many things can be messed up. But there's something about walking into the house of God, into the presence of the Lord. This is just a building. If the presence of God wasn't here, Brother Polly, it would just be just another building. But because it's been saturated with the power of God's spirit, because it's been saturated, these walls, these pews, these, this carpet, the, the ceiling, this, this pulpit, everything has been saturated with the anointing power of the almighty God, with the glory of God. It's here that people have surrendered their lives to the Lord and God heard them and they found healing. I know because it happened to me. I was lost in sin, but when I repented of my sins, I said, God, forgive me. I tell you what happened. There was healing that came into my life. Healing came. Deliverance came. I felt free where I walked in the doors feeling heavy and weighted down. When I walked out, there was healing in my life. Healing in my life. I love healing. I've been healed in my body, but I've also been healed in my soul and my spirit. Amen. When we go to a very unique book in the Bible. The book of Hosea. I was reading in this and studying some things out here. And I believe that this is a book that God was speaking to his people in chapter 4. Actually, the whole book. He was speaking a message and an example to his people. He loved the people of Israel. He, was one, he made a lot of promises to them. But here they were they were um, getting away from, from the Lord in the sense that they were mixing in idols with worship to God. They were mixing things in. Sometimes it doesn't just take us just walking away from God. You can also desire to serve God and just mix sin and idolatry with your living for God and still be backslid. Yeah. Amen? But in the book of Hosea, this is where the children of Israel were at. It says in Hosea chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, before I read that, it's just an unusual thing to me that God uh, and, and the obedience of a prophet, Hosea, that God would request of him to marry a harlot. And for him to be so obedient to be able to do that, God was trying to send a message to those that he loved. But it says here in Hosea chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Now, he was not speaking to those that were way out there that weren't Israelites. He was speaking to his people hath controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth. They, they lost truth. There was no mercy. They lost mercy. And it says here, nor knowledge of God in the land. They had lost the knowledge of God in the land. They had got so caught up in mixing other things with their worship to God that it diluted the true power of God in their lives. And God was not happy about this. Um, let me go back here because there is no truth, nor, nor mercy, nor 
knowledge of God in the land by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery they break out and blood toucheth blood therefore shall the land mourn and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beast of the field and with the fowls of heaven yea the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away sounds like a few points of where we're at today in this world there's a lot of Swearing and lying, killing, stealing, committing adultery. Blood toucheth blood. Therefore the land mourns. It's mourning right now. And everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beast of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Chaos. Chaos in this hour in the book of Hosea but chaos in our world right now there's chaos chaos can bring hopelessness chaos can bring hopelessness until we step into the presence of the Lord then everything changes and when we step into the presence of God's spirit then healing transpires where chaos was before when we step into the spirit of the Lord, healing begins to take place. There is a need in our world and a need within our church and a need within our families and within our own individual lives for healing in this hour. Healing of the heart, healing of the soul, healing of my mind, healing of my thinking, healing of my attitude, of my motives. Why am I here? What am I really saying? searching for is it an answer within myself no what I'm searching for is the answer from, from the one that knows every answer of every question throughout all of eternity it's the almighty God in the midst of chaos in the midst of hopelessness seemingly hope and hopelessness God in his presence is the answer to bring forth healing to our lives you see, in the book of Hosea, the, the dangers here of, of Israel, and the, it, which really applies also to us here today too, is the dangers of mixing idols and mixing sin with our worship to God and saying that it's going to be okay. God will accept it. God's okay with it. Well, what God was saying in a very drastic story of a prophet that he called to be obedient to go and marry a harlot. And he did. And the end results was that her heart really wasn't there. Her heart was somewhere else. Couldn't get away from that old way. And in Hosea chapter 4 verse 11 13, it talks about the dangers of mixing idols with worship to God. It says in verse 11, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. My people ask counsel at their stocks, and their staff declareth unto me, for the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. 
They sacrifice upon the tops of the mountains and burn incense upon the hills under oaks and poplars and elms because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore their daughters shall commit whoredom and their spouses shall commit adultery. It's because they had mixed with their worship to God a worship of idols and things that got between them and God. You see, the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray. What God was saying to Israel is, Israel, you have allowed so many paganistic things and idols to get between me and you. Well, we can't even have fellowship anymore. And you're hiding from me, from my presence, because you feel the the guilt and shame. And because of that, God still saw hope that there is a possibility that they could come back to me. Just find the presence of the Lord. Don't hide behind some tree somewhere away from the presence of the Lord. But the spirit of harlotry had caused them to stray. Even though they thought they were okay, they were still worshiping God but they were worshiping idols upon a mountaintop somewhere under a shade tree, under an oak, under a a, a poplar tree they were worshiping. Israel didn't say that they wanted to leave the Lord. They didn't say that they wanted to leave the Lord. Instead, they wanted to add worship of pagan gods to the worship of their Lord. There's so many things in this world today, if we allow them to, it's going to corrupt your mind. It's going to corrupt your heart. It's going to corrupt your soul. A little this, a little that. A little ungodly thing creeping into your heart and mind. Some movie that you you watch that shouldn't be watching that is an abomination to the things of God. Or some book you're reading that's putting things in your mind and in your heart that is keeping you away. And it's allowing these things to creep in and affect your flesh to where you begin to act out on these things. I'm talking about what the spirit of harlotry does. It keeps you away from God even though you are still worshiping God. But you're mixing idolatry in with your worship of God. But Israel didn't say, I don't want to worship God. They just wanted to allow harlotry and idols and sin to be a part of of their lives along with the worship of God. Spirits of the gods of this world will lead to destruction. The Bible even says the wages of sin is death. It's death. When you start mixing things, you're not going to find healing in your body, mixing the idolatry and sin with the worship to God. You're not going to find healing. You're going to find destruction. You're going to find frustration. You're going to find misery. You're going to find your mind wandering. You're going to find uh, thoughts coming to you that you wondered how in the world did they ever get there. Spirits of God, the gods of this world, they will lead you to destruction. The picture is striking when we consider how Israel wanted to add pagan gods to their worship of the Lord, it isn't as if Israel officially said, we want to leave God and now serve only pagan gods. Instead, Israel wanted to add the worship of pagan gods to their worship of the Lord. And some people feel comfortable with that. I would be very concerned 
about being comfortable with that. Amen? I would be very uh, concerned about that. But you see, God received this same way. God received this harlotry of Israel to God. Mixing these things of pagan gods and pagan worship with the worship to God. God received this the same way a husband would if his wife said this. I want you to still be my husband. I just want to take on a few more lovers also. That wouldn't work. And it doesn't work with God. It doesn't, it doesn't work with God. Holding on to God and onto an adulterous affair with other gods might make your flesh and you feel good for a period of time. Trust me, it's not going to last. It's going it's to lead you astray. It's going to eventually be miserable and a point of misery. But it might make you feel good in your flesh for a period of time, but it doesn't make God feel good. And that's the reason why we want to the extent in the book of Hosea saying to Israel, Israel, I love you with everything, but what you're doing is you're mixing pagan gods and idols, things that get between me and you, and you're mixing them with your worship to, to me, and what it's doing is it's diluting down your worship to God, holding on to those old things and wanting God at the same time. You see, the pure spirit of God in our lives, the pure spirit of God and his presence in our lives is what brings forth healing. It brings forth healing. Stripped away from the pagan idols and only the pureness of worship to the almighty God will bring healing to our souls. That is what the church needs. That's what our world needs, and that's what we need as an individual. We've got to go back and check. Are we putting things between us and God? But what God's desire is, is for there to be complete healing in our lives. Complete healing, not just in our body, but one of the most important things is healing in the spirit, healing in our soul, healing in our heart, healing in our minds, healing in our lives. For us to be able to stand before God and say, God, I'm doing the best that I can. And when I fall flat on my face, get in an altar and cry out to God. He is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. I'm talking about a God that wants to bring forth healing and he wants to bring forth deliverance. He wants his unadulterated presence to flow in this place. He doesn't want anything to hinder us. He doesn't want anything to get between us and God. And when you get into that place where you're worshiping God with all your heart in the pureness of his spirit, it brings forth a deliverance and healing. Amen. The pure presence of God. Nothing mixed with it. All we need is not my opinion, your opinion, the opinion of the world, the ways of the world, all we need is God Almighty, amen, in the pureness of his spirit and his presence. Oh, yes, we need our God. 
Yes, we need God. When God moves in this place in such a pure way, it's healing time. Amen. There's deliverance time. We can walk into this house with our whole world collapsing. We can walk into this house with everything caving in, with our struggles of life. We can walk in with hopelessness in fixing our family problems. We can feel like it's hopeless. We've tried ourselves, but it just doesn't work. We could walk into this house grieving over the lost souls of those that we dearly love and friends that we're trying to reach out to, but it seems like there's a wall that you can't penetrate through. We can walk into this house with heaviness of how to pay our bills, heaviness upon us, how to overcome this sickness that has gripped our bodies. We could walk into this house today with fear of your family's safety in this present world that we're living living in, but when you walk into the house of God, you could walk in one way, but when you walk out after being in the pureness of the presence of God, that I haven't allowed paganistic things to come into my heart and into my soul, and I'm pure before God. And we feel the pureness of God's spirit come upon us. We can walk out of this place feeling like we can conquer the world and our thoughts and our attitudes have changed. I could walk in hanging my head low, but after I've been in the pureness of the presence of God, I can walk out feeling like I can conquer anything in this world. There's nothing more important than giving it all to God, and it does not mean when you give it all to God that you're going to be perfect. I've said this many times. We've got the Mississippi River over here, and the first one that feels like you're perfect will go down to the river, all of us, and will watch you walk across the river. Because the only one that is ever perfect, he walked on water. Now, I know Peter walked on water, too. He wasn't perfect. He did collapse, and he was falling down, but Jesus was there to pick him up and walk him back to the boat. There's times that we walk on water, so to speak, but there's times we fail. But we got to get back up. And we got to keep on walking. And God understands. But what he doesn't understand is living a lifestyle of mixing this uh, sins and flesh and ungodly things with our worship to God. And he has a struggle with that. Rightfully so. Because he loves us with everything he has within him. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to be set free. But you know, just a few moments in the spirit of the almighty God and healing covers us and we can walk out feeling like we can conquer everything. Don't try to dilute God's presence with pagan gods that can't feel our struggles, can't feel what we're going through. I've preached this before, but it's amazing to me how things that God has created, like stone and wood and, and gold and silver and all of these things, how, how God has created all of this when he created the heavens and the earth, but how people can take these things and make them into something that that creation of God doesn't want to be. It doesn't want to be an idol to be worshipped. It doesn't want that wood... The Bible says that the trees cry out to God. 
It says that. It even says, if we don't worship him, it says the stones will cry out to God and worship to the Lord. These are things that God has created, but man has taken them and made, it, made them into some kind of a worship idol and mixed it with the things of God and trying to get healing in their life, but they're not finding it because you've got to go to that pureness of the presence of God and find the touch of God in your lives. Many people in the Bible knew this. I believe we know this here today. But in the Psalms 9 and 3, it says, When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. Let me read that again. When mine enemies are turned back and they shall fall and perish, it's because we're in the presence of God. At thy presence is when the enemies turn back. At thy presence is when they shall fall. It's at thy presence is when they will perish. <laughs> Psalm 1611, thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures for just a period of time. Evermore. Evermore. It's not just a few minutes. It's evermore. Evermore. And thy presence is everything that we need, God. That pure moving of God's spirit in the house of the Lord. That's the reason why it's so important for us to come to this house with our hearts open before him and ask God to search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way within us so that we can stand before him and worship with nothing coming between us and God. No thoughts of the day, no thoughts of tomorrow or the next week, but our thoughts are on him. We're focused on him. And when we sing our praises as the praise team leads us, we worship the Lord with our whole heart, not half of our heart. And when we walk into the presence of the Lord, we feel the healing power of God moving upon our heart, upon our mind, upon our soul. It's stirring us. It's changing us. And when we walk out into the world and walk through the doors out into the world, we have a confidence within us that God is with us. God, if you're not going to go with us, we don't want to go. We want to be in your presence. Hold to my hand and lead me to that healing of the pureness of your spirit. Amen. We all have experienced walking through those doors with our head hanging down at times. That's just life. Things happen. But we've also walked into the presence of God and we've walked out of here lifting our head high with victory in our hearts. We had a prayer meeting the other day at our home and we were praying and seeking God. And when we finished, we felt the glory of God just fill our home and the power of his spirit. We felt a change. It was a change. Oh, what a, what a healing we felt. What a healing. It wasn't necessarily a physical healing. It was a spiritual healing, and we felt it. 
power of God. David, in the book of Psalms, chapter 51, David, in David's deepest struggle, the greatest sin, he found healing in God as he spoke out and he realized the importance of Psalms 51. You could read the whole chapter. It goes through a very long, beautiful writing of David when he was opening up his heart to the Lord in his prayer to the Lord. And it says here in verse 10 of chapter 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He knew, he knew that the presence and Spirit of God was where he's going to get his healing. And that is where you're going to get your healing today. And that is where our country is going to get its healing today. And that is where our world is going to get its healing today. It's not in more laws. It's in more of God. More of God. Oh, there's a presence of the Lord that is here. Amen. It goes on, and David said, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. There is a change. A change. We come into the presence of of the undiluted presence of God, pure in its form, pureness of God, nothing clouding it, nothing, there's, there's nothing can change the presence of God. It's still going to be as powerful and as, as glorious and undiluted as it ever was. But the problem rises within us that we not allow anything to dilute our connection with God. And then change comes. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. A change in David's life because he knew. He knew that he needed the presence of the Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. It's my lifeline. It's my lifeline. And here today in this house is the presence of of a healer that desires more than anything to heal our lives. Oh, I feel the presence of God. I feel the ministering of God's Spirit right now. There is a ministering of healing in this place, whatever it is, whatever it is. Maybe you have not committed a sin. Maybe you just have not felt strong in the spirit like you need to feel or like you want to feel in God. Maybe things have just piled on the heaviness of this hour that we're living in right now has weighted you down and you just need healing. It's okay. We just need healing. It starts in the church before the world can experience it. You believe that? It starts in the church. There's healing here today because God's Spirit is here. And it's time for us to throw those things aside that have been clouding our way. Just throw them aside. God wants more than anything 
for him to be our first love and only love. God wants more than anything for him to be the one that you desire. That his presence is first above anything else. God desired it for Israel and all of their rebellion. He kept reaching for Israel because he kept loving them. What patience God had with Israel. What patience he had with those that were clouding the way on their own. It wasn't God that was clouding the way. It was them allowing things to come between them and God. God, I don't want to leave you, but I want other lovers, is what Israel was saying. But what God is calling us here today to, and, and if you have, if, if you have wondered why your walk with God is not like it has been in the past, God is here to restore. God is here to deliver. God is here to bring healing. And where you might have walked in the door feeling mighty down, the world's piling in around you, the struggle is too heavy to carry. You're in the presence of the Lord. And in the presence of the Lord is healing. Healing. I'd like for us to stand here today. You're in the midst of a healing touch. The greatest healing is to find repentance and salvation. The greatest healing is deliverance from the hand of God. You can walk out of this building even if you've lived for God 50 years or longer. You can walk out of this building today lifting your head high because I've been in the presence of the Almighty God. And He is leading me. And He's healing me. He's healing my soul. He's healing my mind. He's healing my heart. So many times things get cluttered in the way, but we got to throw them aside. I'm going to open this altar right now, and I, I know... Some people fear coronavirus and this and that. If you got a mask, put it on. Let's, let's come to this altar. Let's come and pray. We've got to get to an altar. We've got to make a commitment. We've got to make a commitment to God. Because God's Spirit is moving. And as you come, I want you to just lift up your heart, lift up your voice to the Lord. Feel after the presence of God. Amen. Let's find His Spirit. Let's renew ourselves in the Spirit, and when we find Him, we're going to find healing. We're going to find that lifting. We're going to find that deliverance.